you can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Twenty twenty three is going to be an absolutely amazing year in the Big Twelve. We still have Texas and OU in the conference for one more year until they dash for the SEC. Meanwhile, the Big Twelve is welcoming four new members early into the conference. A fourteen team conference after being at ten teams for for several years, all of a sudden Big Twelve has gone supersize on college football. But what do we expect this spring? Hello. I'm Brendan Marcello. You're listening to the College Football Daily. It's Monday, March 20th. Questions abound across the Big 12. Perennial contenders are going to be leaving soon for the SEC. Oklahoma and Texas leaving in a year. But their final swan song here in the Big 12, they both want to win championships. But can they? Can Texas get back to that level after not being there for so long? Oklahoma fell off the cliff this past year in Brent Vittable's first year as head coach. Meanwhile, BYU, Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston are joining the conference next season. How will they fit in? Well, before we get to the fall, we have spring practices where a lot of battles and storylines kind of pan out, and we see what these teams will look like when they get on the field in the fall. So at 24-7 Sports, we've been breaking it down with our burning questions in every Power 5 conference. Today, we break down the Big 12. These are my five burning questions in the Big 12 this spring. Number one, what does TCU do for an encore? The Horned Frogs were the darlings of college football last season, gutting out close victories, comebacks in the fourth quarter, all the way to the national championship game where they're blown out in the most lopsided national championship game in history against Georgia as they repeated as national champions. TCU is in a position here to lead the Big 12 into its new era, to take over that spot left empty by OU and Texas. But can they do that? Was this past year under Sonny Dykes, the first year in his tenure, the sign of things to come, or they lose grasp of that quickly? Again, this is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately business, and TCU has got to follow up a magical year with some respectable numbers and, of course, wins. But there's a problem. Quarterback Max Duggan is gone. Receiver Quentin Johnson is gone. A lot of those playmakers on defense are gone. And a lot of those guys were transfers that Sonny Dykes added in his first year. According to ESPN, TCU ranks 118th nationally in returning production coming back. That is a dreadful number and one that will certainly affect their production and, in respect, their wins this upcoming season. Will the newcomers from the portal, the backups who have a lot of experience in games last season, will they be able to step up in the place of a lot of these departing juniors? And for that part, seniors who were leading this team and were frustrated of losing ways under the previous regime. It's a big question. You know, I had a coach one time, I mean, all coaches will tell you this, but I had a coach one time tell me that the worst thing you could do in year one is contend or maybe win a championship, whether it's in the conference or obviously a national championship. TCU did it last year. They made it to 
the national championship game. And what is amazing for TCU is that despite that magical run in getting to the national championship game, they don't have a championship ring to show for it. Of course, they got blown out in the national championship game, but also remember, they lost the Big 12 championship game against Kansas State. So for as much success they had last year, they don't have a ring in the conference or on the national level. How does this team fight back this spring? Huge questions. We'll stay in the state of Texas and go to Austin. Texas is always one of the more popular subjects, no matter the year. And I I hate to say this and the question of is Texas back, but hey, yeah, is Texas back? It's, it's about time that they answer that and do so with a declarative. They have to. Enough talk. It's time to back it up, Longhorns. They've got the talent to contend for a Big 12 championship. They've had for the last two years. Last year, I would argue, despite TCU, they should have been the second best team, if not the best team, in that conference. And going into this year, they should be the top team in the conference, but they might not be. And that's the frustration with the Longhorns. 10 starters on offense return. Of course, you lose P. John Robinson at running back. That's a huge loss. But you got Quinn Ewers coming back at quarterback. And you also have some great portal additions, including Georgia receiver A.D. Mitchell, who could be a big target and big play threat for them down the field. But will they take advantage of this? Are they a winning program in this new era of college football? Can they contend for championships? And what's their final year in the Big 12 look like? Are they a team that will compete in the SEC? They can't do it in the Big 12. What makes them think they could do it in the SEC? I think this is the most important spring Texas has had in the modern era. Yes, even after coming off that national championship a decade ago. I said national championship appearance a decade ago. Again, the SEC hovers and provides a shadow over this program. And the focus, the spotlight, is on the quarterback spot. And it should be. Quinn Ewers coming back against the freshman phenom, the number one man out there on the recruiting trail, Arch Manning, who we cover incessantly at 24-7 Sports, and for good reason. We see him as a championship quarterback and a future NFL pro. Quinn Ewers came in, and despite almost knocking off Alabama last season, he was still very inconsistent last year. I watched him play in person myself in one game against Oklahoma State. The second half of that game was frustrating, to say the least. And Quinn Ewers finished with less than a 60% completion percentage last season. So no matter what you hear out of Austin about quarterback battle and, you know, maybe this guy's got the leg up or whatever, I think it's wide open there. And I guarantee you that game one, Steve Sarkeesian is not going to be afraid to throw Arch Manning out there on the field in game one. And he better figure it out quickly because Alabama's back on the schedule in the month of September once again. And they've got a lot of veteran leadership. Again, those 10 returning starters on offense, the most the program has had in 10 years since 2013. Texas has to contend. They have to be in that Big 12 championship game this year. If not, oh my goodness, can you imagine SEC media days in July 2024? My third burning question, the Big 12, sticks with OU. More on that storyline after these messages. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I promised we would talk about Oklahoma, and that is my third burning question in the Big 12 this spring. Will the Oklahoma defense reverse course, and in this matter, improve under Brent Venables? In my eyes, that was maybe the most disappointing first-year performance by a head coach last season by Brent Venables. The former Clemson defensive coordinator really struggled in his first year there. He had some talent, but that defense which is something he's under his watchful eye and should be better. A lot of us thought it would improve just with him there on campus after the Alex Grinch era as defensive coordinator, and it regressed. So what do you do to fix that? Well, you got to replace the talent. You got to get more talent there. And the Sooners did that. They had one of the better recruiting combined recruiting and transfer portal halls in the country in my eyes. They got five defensive linemen and edge rushers from the transfer portal during this cycle, including four-star defensive end Desan McCullough from Indiana, who will make an immediate impact, of course. And I think all five of those guys could very well compete and maybe win starting jobs. That's how big this class is and changing the tone of Oklahoma football and getting back to that smash mouth style defensively that we haven't really seen at Oklahoma in quite some time. That high school recruiting class ranked number four in the country. And it included five-star safety Peyton Bowen, five-star edge rusher. They should improve this upcoming season after winning only six games. Can they contend for the Big 12 championship? Well, that's the expectation every there in Oklahoma. And Brenton Venables better start showing some progress toward that, even though it's only year two. Otherwise, the pressure will be on because, again, the Sooners are joining the Longhorns in the SEC in just one year from now. I'm going to cheat a little bit here on my fourth burning question, because why not go with four for four? And I'm talking about the four additions to the conference here. How will Cincinnati, Houston, UCF, and BYU get ready to adjust to Big 12 big boy football? We've seen these schools knock off the best, not best of the best, but they've knocked off some power five teams in the past. UCF knocking off Auburn, Houston being in there, Cincinnati, of course, getting to the college football playoff just a couple years ago, and BYU being a threat, it seems like, every year with its amazing schedule. But they got some big questions, and I want to go team by team here quickly. We'll start with Houston. Dana Holgerson might actually end up calling plays there this upcoming season on offense after losing his offensive coordinator to Miami. You also have a quarterback battle there, which I don't think a lot of people are privy to at this point, between two transfers, Donovan Smith of Texas Tech and Lucas Cooley from Arkansas. What does that offense look like? They look sluggish at times this past year. They got to get show a step of improvement. And of course, first year in the Big 12 doesn't really help that. But you want to play with the big boys, you got to do it now. Then you go to UCF. Gus Malzahn, his third year there, he has experience coaching in big games. He's coaching one of the biggest ones of all, obviously in the Iron Bowl year to year to year to year while he was the head coach at Auburn. He's coaching two national championship games either as a coordinator or head coach. But again, 
his offensive lines continue to just baffle. His offensive line struggled last season. And if you remember during his Auburn tenure, that's really what ultimately led to him being fired there. His last several years there, offensive line recruiting fell off. And of course, the production fell off. It made Bo Nix, a quarterback, one of the five-star guys out there, look pedestrian and sub-three-star. And you wonder, well, maybe we missed on him as a recruiting staff. Well, no. He goes off to Oregon and has a career year and was in the Heisman Trophy conversation going into November last season. So Gus Malzahn goes to UCF. He's got some dynamic quarterbacks and running backs, but he hasn't quite developed or recruited the type of offensive line he needs there. That has got to improve this year for them to show that they can run the ball and also move the ball, for that matter, through the air against Big 12 opponents. And they've got a difficult schedule. They got to go to OU this year. That is going to be very difficult for them. And then also you look at the quarterback situation. John Reese Plumley returns, but it looks like he's going to play baseball this spring. So what do you do there this spring at the quarterback spot? A lot of weird stuff, questions to discuss there. Then Cincinnati, just a couple of years removed from a college football playoff appearance. Of course, that team looks nothing like it does now. And also, you got a new coaching staff in place. Luke Fickle has gone off to Wisconsin, and Louisville's Scott Satterfield is now installed as your head coach and a hire that didn't really impress a lot of people. They lost a lot of talent still, including their six top receivers this past year. Then you got a quarterback battle. Even though starter Ben Bryant returns from last season, you got a couple of guys that are coming in that could battle. Evan Prater and then Emory Jones, who used to be at Florida and then transferred. And now he's transferred again to Cincinnati and BYU. Listen, what made them so successful back in that 2020 season when, remember, the they had that game on the fly that they scheduled quickly against Coastal Carolina, I think on a Thursday night, that was a just fantastic atmosphere and fantastic game, and BYU was finishing with double-digit wins with Zach Wilson, a quarterback. Well, that defense is really what carried them, and that defense has dropped off considerably. My buddy, Chris Hummer of 24-7 Sports, who wrote our piece previewing the Big 12 this spring, noted that they were eighth nationally in 2020, just two years ago, in allowing yards per play on defense. That dropped all the way to 96th this past season. So BYU goes out and gets a new defensive coordinator and Weber State head coach, Jay Hill. Is BYU making the improvements necessary, both schematically and with its talent, to compete in the Big 12? You look at those games they played against big-time opponents, Power 5 opponents this past year, and it makes you wonder. You're blown out at home against Arkansas, and of course that game against Notre Dame. And my final burning question in the Big 12 actually goes to Baylor and Waco. Can Baylor get back to the top of the Big 12 again after a very disappointing year in 2022? Was that a little bit of a fluke for Dave Aranda as head coach there? Or are we seeing them kind of averaging back to where they should be in the Big 12? Listen, Dave Aranda means business. He fired his mentor, defensive coordinator Ron Roberts because that defense struggled so much. And I think Dave Aranda is a fantastic head coach, and CEO type. This is one of the better hires the last several years. We consider all these hires we've made in the last several years combined at head coach. I think he's right up there probably in the top four among all these hires the last three, four years. He's that good. But defense is your baby. And much like Brent Venables at Oklahoma, he's kind of taken ownership of that and has grabbed it by the horns. So sorry, Texas. He's grabbed it by the horns and said, I got to fix this immediately. So he fired his mentor, Ron Roberts, and has said, I got to fix this. They're still pretty talented, and you saw still signs there from last season, even though it was like a 500-type year, 
in my eyes. Even though it was like that, you saw the signs. They almost knocked off TCU. There are games there where you go, the coaching was getting them in spots to win these big games, but something just wasn't clicking. Can Baylor get back to that level where they won a Big 12 championship just in 2021? Or was 2022 things averaging out? And now we might just see Baylor go back into like that seven-win plateau. We'll see. A lot of interesting storylines out there. And again, these are just five burning questions, or really eight, when you consider the four we added there with number four. But a lot of fascinating storylines across the conference this year. Texas Tech looking at a quarterback battle itself with a lot of returning production all around that quarterback race. Could Texas Tech be a dark horse in the Big 12 this upcoming season? Kansas State who won the Big 12 championship against TCU this past season, returning some playmakers. And what did Chris Kleiman do for an encore there? And heck, stay in the state there at Kansas, the Jayhawks. They rank number two in returning production across the country, according to ESPN's rankings. Returning production means a lot, and that's usually a great predictor for future success. Watch out for Kansas. Again, so many great storylines to watch in the Big 12 this year as it expands oh so briefly before they lose their top two dogs in Oklahoma and Texas to the SEC a year from now. For our producer, Lance Glenn, I'm Brennan Marcello. You've been listening to the College Football Daily. We'll see you down the road.